0: Everybody
1: got. The biggest kind of lie we've told ourselves is that we're separate from nature, and you've got an education system that's teaching kids whatever it thinks is important at the moment. Like, what if we try to infiltrate that system and, in tandem with the national curriculum? we were to teach kids how to grow their own food, how to manage their mental health properly, how to get the best out of themselves and really believe in themselves and back themselves. You know, What if that stuff was just as readily available as you know algebra and Shakespeare? Right, okay, so we've established
2: that the chickens have been moved, haven't they? Yeah, and we've established also that this area looks a bit different.
1: So my name's George Lamb and I am the founder of Grow. Grow works in schools and communities to promote mental well-being and physical health and a more hands-on relationship with the natural world. We are piloting it up at a big state secondary in North London called the Totteridge Academy and we have about 300 kids a week. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. so they're basically weeding. Well, smart, you know. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So what else do chickens do that might be good for the soil? Um, they, and they poo! They poo, exactly. So basically, we've the We spent
1: the last couple of years developing this programme, which is based around three core principles or, or modules, which are ground, so, you know, getting your hands in the dirt and learning how to be self-sustainable and grow your own food.
3: You
2: learn, like, about the environment you're in. How to grow plants properly. How does vegetable help you? How to take care of animals. I enjoy getting my hands dirty because it means that I've been working hard. You can just really react to nature, like you can just see like nature's everywhere. I'm just growing
4: a sunflower, just, why not? So what we're gonna do, so we have to clean out the chickens. This is our big clean out day.
2: Okay. And then flow which is
1: about how do you tap into your flow state, you know, breath work, mindfulness, yoga.
2: When you maybe sad other adolescence, you can Use the breathing exercise so you can calm yourself. We breathe in when we go up and we breathe out when we go down. It helps you just take a step back and just be mindful. I like that you just get to stretch and kind of try out new moves and how there's not really any level that you can be at. It's not like competition and stuff, it's just having fun, basically.
1: The third kind of module that we do is, is think. So it's, you know... Philosophical inquiry. And
2: in think you like you use logic, so like you describe photos and what's in them. It's crazy how you just think about things you probably never thought before. We can hear other people's
5: opinions, and we can also kind of like express ourselves.
2: Okay, so guys, come down here and right, I'll show you how we do
4: it. Actually, madam, go on, go ahead, go in,
2: madam. And
5: I just find it fun.
4: It's just like, it's not one of those subjects where you work hard writing nine-mark questions or, like, stress over something. You just relax in the lesson. And I think it really helps a lot of people. Peace, peace, Who wants
2: to have a go at this? Me! So what you are you going to do? Go. You're going to get your bucket. I going I need go. my like okay? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: I don't think when I first became head teacher, this was something that I would naturally say oh the school that I become a head teacher in is going to have meditation it's going to have uh, philosophical thinking and it's going to have a farm but having become a head teacher and seeing the benefits of offering different things to students and caring for the whole child in a more holistic way I've developed my thinking in in the power of it So my name is Chris Fairbairn. I'm the principal of the Totteridge Academy, which is a um, 11 to 18 secondary school in Barnet in North London. I joined the Totteridge Academy as the principal in 2016. The results in the previous few years, they were significantly below the national average. I said in 2016 that we would be the most improved school in London in the next five years. And I think that how the results have been in the last few years, have made a good case for that. The last set of actual GCC results, which were confirmed with league tables, we were in the top 10% of the country. We had 78%, I think, 9 to 4 in English, 81% 9 to 4 in maths, which is the same as what an A star to C was in old money. Sometimes people think there's a tension between academic success and pastoral care and wellbeing. And I actually think that it's the opposite. I think Academic success is one of the things that you really need to provide students for their pastoral care and for their next steps. But I also think that that can be done in a way that doesn't feel like an exam factory. It can provide students with lots of opportunities outside of the normal concept of what classroom environments are. And we're very, very lucky to have a farm on site and work with Grow.
2: So we are at the Grow farm. Over here, we have our two polytunnels. My name's Sarah Allen-Jones. I'm the Farm and Outdoor Learning Director at Grow. So the first polytunnel is what we call the prop, uh, which is basically the propagating polytunnel. So in there, that's got all of uh, of the seeds. So we grow pretty much everything from seed. The farm is six acres in total. We grow uh, a mixture of vegetables, fruits, herbs, and flowers. This is our second polytunnel which um we're just prepping at the moment that is gonna have tomatoes, chilies, okra, basil and cucumbers in and loofah is all growing loofah this year. We tried to grow like regular veg but really, really well. We're not certified organic but it's all done organically it's good solid nutritious food for normal people we sell to the school canteen and then we sell to restaurants and we also have a small flock of rare breed chickens so we have Maran cross leg bars who lay green eggs which are really fun Uh, and then the little ones are the boven browns so they're just a really good uh, good layer and they're really good. They're, they're totally used to all the kids now. So they're really docile. Don't mind being picked up endlessly.
6: <laughs> the way that Grow fits into the curriculum is that children have 30 periods a week, and they have a timetable. And we've made a conscious decision for year sevens, have one of those periods being a grow period. We think this is really important. I do think that represents challenges for some schools because there is a real squeeze on curriculum time. But I do think that head teachers that want to make a bold statement about mental health and wellbeing and other things that are important like the environment can find the time and take a risk in the timetable. Okay,
0: ready, fam, let's go. Yay. Yay! i He's I've got one.
2: It. It. That's it. Can I do one? That's well, it. Well, up, are, yeah, what is really heartwarming is how much change you can make quickly. If you're part of the school like we are, that's what I think is the difference with Grow. There's plenty of amazing organisations that go in as an external facilitator and do really cool workshops, but they're not there, they're not with the kids all the time. We're here all the time. The kids see us as part of the school and we can make interventions that wouldn't be able to happen otherwise. That's it. And then you can do a tiny sprinkle in each of these What we've spent the last year trying to do is really make all the cross curriculum links as well i'm working with the head of science to do some lessons on decay which uh, he finds really boring and i was like that's great we can look at compost heaps (laughs) the dt kids i've set them a challenge of designing something to keep the chickens occupied so they came the other day for a a client briefing (laughs) a bunch of year sevens even i always say as well like all the random things you learn in maths that you never think you're going to use again we use all the time like every time you put up a polytunnel or you make a new raised bed you have to check that dimension i Think the fact of actually having something useful that you can do with it then you learn it so why don't we teach people like that for everyone that didn't remember from last week what's the grit for so it's to make the shell yeah so to make the shell they need calcium and this is already wet the
7: chickens. Yeah. Well, do you remember dinosaurs evolved into chickens? Dino chickens. These are the size of
2: dinosaurs.
6: And- I think some of the principles that the children learn it Grow around connections with nature, around how they interact with each other and their own well being and personal growth has huge links with all the subjects. If you think about food technology and geography and science and how that links with growing and what we're serving in the canteen. The idea is that it's one big community and ecosystem that, that works together.
8: OK, so come in, this is the kitchen. You'll hear the... There was supposed to be a cake cooking, but um, can't see it. My name is Jake Barwood. I'm the head chef at the Totteridge Academy. I work directly with Grow with the Farm, and we use sort of the produce that um, those guys grow in the school dinners that we cook. So th- yeah, this is our store cupboard. As you can see, the kind of usual, you know, we've got tins, tomatoes, chickpeas. We've got some China doll, We've got. There's some very, very kind of elite restaurants <laughs> around around the UK that. The chefs get to go and pick their own veg and, you know, here we are in state school in North London and I get to do the same, so it's pretty cool. We've got um, all of our spices. So we use a lot of spices, which is really cool. Um, you know, obviously we make all of our curry paste and stuff from scratch. I'm associated with a charity called Chefs and Schools. We're a campaigning charity trying to improve school food. So you bring a chef into a school, they become the head chef and sort of try and bring some of that kind of restaurant cooking into a school. We've got given a load of coconuts, so I'm um, going to make some... And you can hear there's a bit of coconut, there's a bit of water in there, so I'm going to make some coconut milk for a curry next week. Um Which be cool. You know, you can put something on Instagram that looks amazing to, like, lots of adults, and then to the kids, they're kind of frightened off by it. So the most important thing for me is, like, making sure that kids are still eating. We're, we're always... We're going to push the children try new things but there's also going to be always going to be food that they are going to actually eat we're doing you know asparagus with with lunches and you know today they had guacamole with their fish and chips and you know they're quite used to pomegranates in their salads and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's it's a great organization i'm really proud to be working with them i think i think if you came in here you'd think that we're cooking proper food from scratch basically which seems most important thing you see vegetables um I see spices, um, you know, a few, a few kind of posh things. You can see some Maldon salt and some organic cider vinegar.
2: <laughs> Before, I didn't really like vegetables, but now I like them because it just helps you with a lot in your... My relationship with food used to be just fast food and unhealthy stuff. But now I kind of make salads and stuff like that. Just And it's actually really good. I've never really realised that before. I always thought it was disgusting because it's green and yellow. I've never tried fennel before and it's lovely. Now I'm obsessed with it. Because of Grow, I looked into more of sustainable food brands and I realised that it would be best if I turned vegetarian. It's been quite hard, but I found some really
0: good alternatives that are even better than normal food.
2: We are going to start in our last bed something called a Three Sisters, okay? It's a Native American way of growing, okay? And we're going to grow three plants together that are all going to help each other grow, okay? So the first one is a sweet corn. This is my, this is my so, line. who likes sweet corn? Me! I like corn in the corn Yeah, so we're going to grow... We're going to
6: the grow. best thing that I would say to anybody that's sceptical about this is to come and visit the Socialist Academy and see the work that we do with the students. We have um, clubs that go and work there. We have children that are using meditation and yoga to get themselves in the right mental space for the day or in the evenings. We have students who are now growing things at home and connecting with nature.
2: Guys, right, OK, so a sweet Focus. corn plant is really nice and tall. What might we use that for if we're growing something else? Uh, it might provide like a support. Exactly, it's going to provide support. I don't have a garden because I live in a flat, but I still grow quite a lot of things on the balcony. I just found out that the lemon seeds that I planted in a little pot on my windowsill would turn into a tree over time. I helped my grandma grow vegetables like tomatoes, Potatoes. My favourite thing I've grown is probably leaves. Now I know how like how I need to work it like step by step. So it's really relaxing just putting it in a pot and just planning it out. It just helps your mental health and like if you ever get in a situation then like growth can help. The nature helps me with actually being more happier as well. Then we're gonna grow a final vegetable of a, a pumpkin. So the pumpkins then cover the ground. We could eat. It's important to have young people outside. It's been proven now time and time again, like that it's good for you. It has a magical effect on everybody. And then also I think it's just this thing of knowing your place in the world. When you can feel that, that you're connected to everything else just calms you down, (laughs) you know it's just good for you These crops, they all help each other grow so the beans are going to provide nutrients for the other crops the sweet corn is going to be the support and the squash are going to cover all the weeds so nothing else is going to grow, okay?
4: In the UK they say that in any given year one in four people will struggle with their mental health and in London it's felt that that figure is nearer one in two so that's one in two people feeling it's difficult to cope with the levels of stress that they're subjected to. So we really say that there's no reason not to come to Mind Food because everybody has a mind and everybody has mental health and if you don't feel like you need the help actually there's a very very strong possibility that somebody near you will. So today we're at Horsenden Farm near Perravale. We're about 10 minutes walk from the A40. We're surrounded by uh, greenery. My name is Lucy Clark and I'm a wellbeing grower at Mindfood and I'm also the Mindfood program director. Our first participants are arriving and they're going to be potting up, well it looks like they're on the courgettes today. Mindfood is a small charity that teaches food growing and wellbeing techniques to help with stress, depression, and anxiety and really just helps to reconnect people with nature. Nature's just amazing at helping people feel more settled and calm, so it's really a perfect backdrop to teaching about other things that you can do to help improve your well-being. Around here, if you watch your footing, you might even be able to see the pigs. Our sessions, they're ostensibly about growing, but they're really just about enjoying time in nature, and if if anybody wants to nip out of the sessions to come and say hello to the piglets that's that's all right by us we run sessions throughout the week and we're at two different sites we have quite a big mind food family actually in any given week we have around 30 people coming to different sessions each session is usually made up of about six people. Uh, we don't like it to be too crowded, really. Most of us are introverts, anyway. So, these are our uh, we've got some uh, cabbages that are growing here. Uh, cabbages grow quite slowly, so they're taking up quite a lot of space. So, we tend to keep to faster growing crops. The, Broad beans are absolute gems because they can go into the ground in November and sit through all of the you know cold weather and offering hopeful messages of spring because they um, you know they, they brave the frost but it's to be able to plant something in November is just such a hopeful thing to do in a sense we 're like a, a guide for people to first of all show them that there are things that they can do to improve their well-being and help nurture better mental health. And secondly, we can actually get people to start working through those uh, and we'll all do it together. Hello.
7: Hello. Hello, Hello, ladies. Can we visit you? Yes, certainly.
3: Absolutely.
0: I'm Camilla Phelps. I'm one of the growers at Mind Food. I've been gardening for 20 odd years and have always been interested in therapeutic gardening and uh, eventually have found my way here. This is my jobs list, yes. Plant sweet potatoes maybe. So today's session is a sustainable well-being session and we will put on some aubergine seedlings that are ready to go on to the next stage of growing We are going to sow some more seeds and we're going to clear some beds and prepare them for the next stage of planting. What do you feel like doing today, Margaret? Do you want to be outside or inside? Outside, I think. Yeah. We try to pack in... As much as people feel able to cope with, really, because some people might come along and not be feeling hugely full of energy. So I like to set up sort of a, a range of activities. So it could be seed sowing, potting on, or there's always plenty of weeding. Strawberries are ready now. Yeah, they're coming, they're coming. I'm just pulling out some of the weeds. You can see the, not just the strawberries are ready, the snails and the slugs are ready as well. (laughs)
4: we get everybody to start with mind food the same way, whether somebody needs help with their mental health or is looking to help somebody else, maybe a family member. And that's because you know everybody has mental health. Everybody has a mind that needs looking after and well-being wellbeing to, to nurture. Getting everybody to start from the same place is just a great leveller. It rules out any kind of us and them approach. Uh, it means that we have people from all sorts of different backgrounds and experiences.
3: My name is Torin and I live in London. Uh, before Mind Food, I had pretty much no gardening experience. I, I saw gardening as something that was kind of for old people, to be honest, <laughs> for old people. It's nice just to have something in the community that I'm part of. No one's forcing you to do anything. You just come and do what you can. There's um, mindfulness exercises and just a lot of support and just all kinds of different mental and physical activities that i found have been quite good for my well-being.
4: We get people to think about different ways to promote their well-being, and there's an established five things that you can do to promote your well-being. So you can connect with other people, Take notice of life in the present, be active, keep learning and trying new things and small acts of kindness. So giving is the fifth one of your five ways to well-being. So every time you're doing one of those five ways to well-being, you're actually promoting a healthier mental ecosystem.
0: Mindfulness is gardening and gardening kind of is mindfulness, really. You almost can't garden without being mindful. You, it, you have to slow down. You, it, it, you know, the act of putting a seed in the soil and pushing it down and watering it and then watching till it germinates and, and grows is everything that mindfulness is about, really. Mm. But, okay, Right, fantastic. Do you want to do a bit of nice mindful seed sowing? There's some carrots um, and yeah well no the end bed let's take a trowel I'm Sarabjit Bachu I live in Perryville not a regular kama, but whenever I feel a bit low I do come out and when you come here you forget the world I'm not thinking about anything else just looking at the greenery doing what I have to do no other negative thoughts or anything like that. So it's very calming to the mind, very relaxed, hour and a half, two hours go away, we don't even realise it till the body says, stop now.
4: (laughs) So in terms of evidence about why nature is so good at settling a a busy brain, there was a lot of work done, I think as early as the 70s on a, a thing called attention restoration theory so nature offers four elements that really help uh, settle and calm uh, busy thinking the first element is escape as soon as you're out in nature you feel a world away from all your troubles it's so different to anything you experience day to day that it really helps you to leave all of that world behind the second element is a thing called extent it basically means nature is not Endless subject. There's always something new to interest the eye. There's always something new to learn. And then the third element is soft fascination. And that's the one that really grabs people the most. Soft fascination is basically the ability of nature to draw your eye to different things. So it might be the wind through the trees, it might be the sound of a bird. I think we might have had a little tweeting in the background. (laughs) Just little things that guide your attention, and what they're all doing is very gently coaxing back your focus. And then the fourth element is compatibility. So, if you think that nature will work for you, it definitely will.
7: I'm Urmila, and uh, I'm 72 years old. Gardening is, is a one of the things I enjoyed all my life. I like to talk to my plants, give them the right vibrations. I like to be with the friends, I like to be with the uh, nature. It's very nice sharing uh, ideas, sharing each other's problems, sharing each other's experience and sharing a, a bit of time together, as well as produce something which is uh, good for a- anybody and everybody.
4: So Mind Food really is about an evidence-based approach. And one of the ways that we measure people's well-being is we get them to fill out the Warwick and Edinburgh Mental Well-Being Scale. It's a simple form that asks questions about their well-being, about how much energy they may have to spare, how easy they're finding decisions or how much they're feeling loved or feeling positive. We take a score in week one and at the end of six weeks we get people to fill out the form again and we're able to show that we make a pretty significant difference to their mental health. I think that's the other bit
7: that, um, that perhaps you don't make the immediate connection with is, is the mind food bit because, um, because you, you harvest stuff and you take stuff home with you uh, automatically, it sort of bumps up your intake of vegetables because you're thinking, yeah. "Oh, this is fresh, this is nice. I'm going to How use this." How we planted and then... it and where the results come. So my name is Anthea Whitehurst. Um, I'm 55 year old, apparently. <laughs> I had an immediate benefit. So when I came along here, there was a gentleman who's had a stroke, had been working here for fi- about five years, and I sat in this same bed weeding away, totally focused on what I was doing. And it was just my mind just completely lifted of all that worry and upset. And he sat there and he just looked at me and he said, you know, you're doing a really good job. And I, it was, it was all I needed to hear. It was like such a healing moment for this, I'm gonna cry now, for this elderly gentleman whose life has been so seriously impacted by his stroke to give that affirmation so beneficial and from that moment on I think I received that as um, as a bit of encouragement and support and then I just then began to delve into all the other sort of add-on benefits of of the gardening and the mindfulness and I really look forward to my times coming
4: the other ways that we measure how we're doing and and how we get feedback from uh, participants is we get people to do a a survey at the end of their final session. We know from that survey that 92% of people feel calmer, 72% of people feel more optimistic about their future and 87% of people feel less isolated so they're pretty, pretty impressive figures. Yeah we're really proud of that. But I think the big thing for people is that they feel empowered to improve their mental health. They learn a few things that really make an immediate difference to how they're feeling. It's a really hopeful thing for people to come away from us with, that actually from feeling very alone and isolated in their anxiety or depression, they suddenly feel that they can deal with everything.
3: Uh, Technically we're growing
0: well-being, so actually we should should all be discussing our well being goals and how to maintain them all. Um, That's a good idea. Maybe we usually work uh, for about two hours or so, two and a and a half hours and then have a, a cup of tea at the end. We might do some mindfulness or we might we might just sort of chat how, how are we all feeling at the end of the session today? I'm tired, but um uh, A recharge the battery? Yes.
4: One of the reasons why I love working at Mind Food so much is that within a matter of a session, actually, you start to see the benefits of uh, what we offer on individuals. You know that people are feeling quite vulnerable and quite exposed. And even by the end of a session, you start to see a really an air of relief, actually, when people find that they're not alone and that they've found what some people have called their happy place.
3: Yeah, yeah, I was, I was saying, I, I was feeling tired when I came. Just and the icing yeah, on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now, I'm not, yeah, I'm actually feeling a bit more refreshed, to be honest. Yeah. When I come here, I definitely feel better. Like, right now you can hear the birds singing, and just the, the green, and, you know, you get a bit of exercise. I do definitely notice myself feeling better a lot of the time when I come here. I just feel, you learn a lot, and you do a lot, and you just feel good afterwards.
0: I think I can now... Just I sit down, close my eyes and I'm in another world, which is really helpful. But sometimes I just sit in my garden doing nothing, close my eyes and just sit there. Sometimes you can hear the birds or something. Just look at the different shades of the green or the new leaves that have come out. You're more observant. You look around for things when you go in the garden.
4: London is 47% green and yet when you ask anybody, invariably they will say it's grey. I think that the difference between seeing it as grey or green is really about the pace that you're living life in the city. A lot of what we do at Mind Food is about getting people to slow down and really start to focus their energies on embracing all the green around them. I guess on a sort of metaphorical level that works too. You know, there's plenty of grey around but we hope people will just seize the green.
5: This podcast is part of Good Nature, Selfridges' ongoing exploration into the healing powers of nature and escapism. Visit Selfridges stores and selfridges.com to see the Good Nature concept grow through thought-provoking events and mood-boosting experiences, including the Selfridges Garden Centre, opening summer 2021. It was a Radio Wolfgang production and featured the children of Totsbridge Academy, George Lamb, Chris Fairbairn, Sarah Allen-Jones, Jake Barwood, Lucy Clark, Camilla Phelps, and the Mind Food volunteers, Amala Torin, Antia Margaret, Zareb Jutz, and Julie, with special thanks to Alameda Ige. It was produced by Ivor Manley and Holly Aquilina. The assistant producer was Cass Denton, and the executive producer was LED Martino.